y'all. I'm author CJ Peterson. Um, over here is my co-host, author Michael Scott Clifton. I'm slightly under the weather today, so my head's a little foggy. Um, I'm going to start with me this time. Uh, basically, what I have going on this week is we have Brazoria Comic Con down in Lake Jackson, Texas, so cannot wait to do that. Um, and then today we're talking about to describe. Mike, how was your week? What you got going on? Well, it's been a beautiful week so far. Uh, sunny weather. Temperatures actually got up to 72 degrees yesterday after nice. the frozen ice box. We had sub-zero temperatures the week before. And uh, so, been outside working in the yard. Uh, I also have my first Comic-Con this weekend. Uh, the Little, Ra Little Rock Anime, anime, anime Con, uh, Con in Little Rock, Arkansas. Mm -hmm. And we've our regular participants to the Little Rock Comic Con, but this is our first time to go to an anime Comic Con. So, uh, so anyway, that's where Melly and I will be on Saturday and Sunday. It'll be at the, the State Convention Center in downtown Little Rock. And so, if you happen to be in the area, come on by. Awesome. Um, give me just a second. I need to figure out who that is. Uh, Stephanie, Stephanie Lodoni says hi. It didn't tell me, Stephanie, who you were, so hi. Hello. Um, like I said, this weekend, which I'm going to be seeing Stephanie at, is the Brazoria Comic Con down in Lake Jackson, Texas. Um, guests are going to be Stephanie Naldoni, John Grimian, Chuck Huber, uh, Carrie Means, um, Roger Bumpus, and Scott Steiner. So... Kind of an interesting crew. Kind of curious to see how it's going to work out. But it's a fun-sounding crew, and I know half of them. So we've had them at multiple, so I'm excited to see them again. It'll be fun. Yeah. Um, so this week we're going to be talking about the writer's purpose to describe. This is going to be ending our series. Uh, next week we're going to be talking about how to handle a critique slash review, because that is a thing that authors do need to deal with. Um, and then the next week, we're going to be talking about how to give one. And then we're going to have our first guest for the 2024 season, David Baylog of Owl Talon Press. He's also a fantasy author on the 21st of February. So that kind of gives you a head up of what we got coming on. Hold on. <coughs> to describe, um, it's a basic English Um person, place, thing, idea, noun. Um, you know, you're going to describe the person. You're going to describe where they're at. That's their setting. Um, you're going to describe, you know, if they're in a house, are they in a car, where are they, are they in the woods? And, you know, maybe describe an idea. One thing that's key with these is keeping with the five senses. Mm -hmm. Mike, I have cold brain, so I'm going to need your help with that. Five senses are sight. See. See, hear, taste, feel. Um, that's four. <laughs> See, four. hear, taste, touch, See, smell. Smell. Yep. There's uh, those five. Yep. So it's it's your it's your basic show don't tell. You want to put them into the story or into wherever it is you're you're working on. So you can even use to describe in owner's manuals or in procedural manu manuals because you need to describe different settings, different, certain things going on. It's not limited to 
fiction only. Um, to describe, as I just said, it's the ultimate show, don't tell. This is probably the biggest mantra that I hear in the author world is show, don't tell. Okay. Mike, would you like to explain to everybody what that means? So showing is actually in the writing. You are like, for example, consider that you're a painter, but your paint are your words. And so when you're describing a scene, much like a painter would be painting a, a uh, image, um, the more detail that you include in the painting, the more detail that you include in your words, the better the description. Instead of saying, uh, you know, Joe didn't feel good, you know, describe it. Joe's head was just splitting from the hangover he had from the, uh, the you know, the, the party, the wild party the night before. That's describing. Um, instead of saying that he walked into a room with bright colors, describe the colors. The wall was painted, you know, a... Uh, a, a bright blue or a uh, or a, uh, uh, a psychedelic purple or something like that. Um, if you're talking about a person, for example, as a writer, and you say your character is angry, well, describe the anger. I mean, how what does anger look like? Uh, anger can be, you know, they're 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 frowning, or which is kind of a cliche. That's not really not a good example. But uh, their eyes are narrowed, their forehead, yeah, uh, you know, and, and, and the sound, you know, they growled at you. Well, a, gr a person growling at you is not happy, uh, you know, as opposed to just he said, he growled or something. So, uh, and the biggest, as you pointed out, CJ, <clears throat> the biggest mistake that a lot of authors, especially those that are beginning, just beginning, is they do a lot of showing. I was guilty of that. I mean, a lot of telling, excuse me, and not showing. And I was guilty of that. And um, and, and I think it's, unless you, I mean, there are some authors that are naturally gifted. I wasn't one of them, where you just, these things just come to you without having to learn them. Um, but if you read, go back to your favorite author that you like, look at their books and see how they how they describe the scenes in which their characters populate, and you will see that one of the reasons why they're your favorite author, or maybe it's a favorite book, is because the description is vivid, and uh, it's not telling. You're actually showing, and that's kind of a cliche. Show don't tell. I mean, like you said, CJ, how many? If we heard, if, if either one of us had a nickel for every time we've heard that. You know, we'd be right up there with uh, Zuckerman and uh, Elon Musk and all of them. But uh, it is important. It is important. And a vivid description is the better you can describe things. Um, I like the bullet that you have can inundate with too much description. So, you know, there's a balancing act there. And I don't think and if you if you had put five authors in a room. I don't think any of those five would probably agree on how much is too much description and how much is too little. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I, I think that's kind of up to the genre that you're writing in 
And I also think it has to do with the writer's style, the author's style. And um, But if you're into three pages and you're still writing the scene, you may want to cut it right. back a little. Right. Now, you and I write in the fantasy world, or we have we write books that are often in the fantasy realm. And fantasy does have world building, which does take up more description. It requires more description. But you're I'll, not... When you're doing it, um, your uh, the open portal is a really good example. Um, you didn't just list everything about this new world. You let them experience it through her eyes. So you, instead of listing, like the last bullet point, sprinkle. Kind of sprinkle it around there. And instead of instead of doing an information dump, like you mm -hmm. said. Um, I will say, and we've talked about this before in previous podcasts, I believe the younger the audience, mm -hmm. uh, the less patience they have with too much description because, the, you know, they live in a, I mean, they are, they are the, you know, they live in, the, in an era in a, in a time where acronyms rule, you know, that's how they. Instant, instant gratification. That's how they text. That's often how they talk. And uh, so if you overwhelm uh, overwhelm your audience with too much description. However, I think this is my point of view. I would rather be guilty of too much description than too little. Mm -hmm. uh, I think there's more pitfalls for those who don't write enough description because I think a lot of books that do not that are not very successful are authors that struggle to get their you know to, to to get an audience often it has to do with the fact that the description is some is somewhat lacking either in amount if you want to call it that or just in how they impart description and an interesting thing is this this goes for nonfiction too one of the best books i ever read that was nonfiction was uh, a, bu uh, the, the, uh, a book on the Indianapolis, which was uh, the, the, the U.S. Navy ship that delivered the bomb that, that was dropped on Hiroshima or Nagasaki that ended World War II. Indianapolis was torpedoed by a Japanese submarine on its way back from its mission. And, um, and of course, it was, it was a harrowing tale that the thousands of sailors died, thousands more were thrown into the ocean, many of them were eaten by sharks. And so even though it was a historical fact, the depiction and description, even in a nonfiction setting, can be just as important, if not more important than, than a fiction story or a fiction book. Uh, well, and, and the most nice. the most important aspect of that, though, is to basically immerse the reader into the situation. Right. Put them there. That's that's your so don't tell. Uh, I'm going to talk about vivid sounds, smells. It's not just sights. It's touch. Ran her fingers along the brick wall. Um, walked into a. You know, say they're going into the morgue. It was very clinical, very clean. 
the chemicals were overpowering along with the smell of decomp. I mean, there's there's a lot of things that you can put into there. Don't just limit it to sites and, you know, Defines. showing the reader what's there. Make sure make sure to hit them all. Yeah, the more uh, sometimes the, you know, they walked into the crime scene. The taste of blood was almost palpable. You could almost taste it um, because it was so strong. There's a lot of areas that you can make sure to use that and use it to your advantage. Can you inundate with too much? Yeah. Um, but if you have balance, balance is the key to pretty much anything. Balance it out with your description versus continuing the story because your reader will get stuck in the description too much right. and they're not going to remember where you were in the storyline. If you imagine, imagine if your character has a secret. Mm -hmm. Imagine if that is part of the story that a book is based upon. And right from the jump, you tell the readers what that secret is. Yeah. Well, why should they continue to read from that point forward? You've given the store away, so to speak. So, uh, you know, you have to balance it out, like you said. And you do, it's, it's, it's important often, depending again on the type of story you're writing, but almost in all cases, you know, you know don't do an information dump. Sprinkle it along because if it's an interesting story, you know, your readers were eagerly following and look forward to, because they know it's coming. They know that you're going, you know, to not leave them hanging. You're going to, you're going to complete the picture for them at some point in the book. Exactly. And even describing your characters, you know, she brushed a strand of her long auburn hair out of her face or her eyes flashed in anger. Her green eyes flashed in anger or she stood up to her full height, almost matching his six foot frame. You know, that stuff tells you what this character looks like without listing it out. There's a difference between that and red hair, green eyes, five foot eleven. The the book that I'm writing right now, uh, for example, the main character in it uh, is a coach that moves to a small town, but there's a reason he has moved. And um and what I've tried to do is I've tried to, you know, sort of paint the picture on what type of individual the main character is and how he thinks and feels, but not why, not yet. And so, so, so what I've done is I have taken, you know, the, the story and given hints of why he moved there mm -hmm. or what happened, but it's going, it's something where you have to follow along in the story before you actually get the complete picture. Again, you don't want to give the story away right from the jump, unless it has something to do with what comes later that may even be better. And, uh, and, and that's, that could also be true. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Now, when we're talking about, using description of works. We've touched on a few in fiction, nonfiction, manuals, essays, poems. They can create a picture. Memoirs, we talked about travel. Basically all forms. You know, we're even describing even in text, you know, when you get that list. Now the critique group I belong to, one of your clients, Skip Hughes, 
uh, is just about, I don't know if he's told you this, CG, he's just about to complete his, his poetry book or compilation. And so he's been bringing his poems to our critique group for us to look at and to critique. And I am not a poetry person, never have been. And with all, all due respect to Skip, probably never will be. However, poems I have found by critiquing his work are very, very descriptive. Hmm. In fact, I think that's what make poetry, that's what makes poetry poetry is that you know, it's a lyrical form of writing that paints a very vivid picture. And, uh, and so, and, and I like, uh, you know, uh, his skip is pretty good at poetry. He's a great uh, poet and his poems reflect that, but uh, you know, it's poet poems are, are very descriptive, even though, you know, they don't have the popularity say today that they might've had 50 to hundred years ago. Uh, well, and the, the talent that comes from creating, you know, a lot of the vivid pictures that are in poetry. My husband wrote some from his tours in Iraq, and you're there. And you're there in a matter of, you know, just a few words. And to me, it's crazy because it might take me half a chapter to get to that much description. It's, I mean, description is. I don't take whatever type of genre writing fiction on as you've listed them all description is always going to be, if not, uh, it's going to be an essential element of it, if not the most essential element and uh, memoirs, obviously, why does one write memoirs? Mm -hmm. You're describing, right? What happened in a person's life. And uh, that's exactly what you travel, you know, travel, uh, that's a whole industry has risen up over travel because they're describing the places they want you to go to and to spend money to fly to or take your cruise to or something like that. It's all description. And uh, so, and of well, course, even advertisements, they describe not even necessarily in the pictures that you see, but in, if you were to close your eyes and listen to a lot of advertisements, some of them, you know, you can like the gain, the smelling, the sniffing, oh, yeah. you know, I, I, was mean. <laughs> I was chuckling at the manuals because uh. the, uh, the three words that all parents dread are some assembly required. And uh, as someone who has cursed number, numerous manuals that claim to lead you step by step, through how to assemble, put something together, or how to troubleshoot a problem or something like that, I can say, I can tell you with, with complete assurance that manuals need to be more descriptive, okay? <laughs> Don't assume things that your reader, you know, well, what is that? What is this thing they mentioned? I don't know what that is. So, yeah. You know, and you brought up a very good point. Don't assume your reader knows. No. You know, when you go to put them in there, you know, say you were describing a fire scene. Everyone's a fireman or a fire person. You know, they don't know what that that smells like, feels like, sounds like, you know, the roar. That They don't know what all that feels like. Um, they're not a cop. They don't know what it smells like to fire a weapon, you know, or a hunter. 
there are a lot of things that you need to make sure that you don't assume the reader knows just because you do. Can you imagine a how-to manual that Steve Jobs might have created for an Apple computer? Oh my goodness. Talk about no. is, you know, assuming things, you know, that people don't know. And uh, anyway, uh, like I said, um, I've, I've, uh, I've had to ask forgiveness many times for uh, saying, you know, choice words on these so-called manuals that are supposed to be giving simple and easy descriptions on how to do things. Well, even procedural manuals when it comes to not just some assembly required, but, you know, procedures and, you know, manufacturing or security or whatever, those have to be descriptive enough that people can follow them when you're working with various computer programs. You have to describe that stuff so they know what they're looking for. There's nothing worse than booting up a computer and going, um, okay, now what? We are not all created equal when it comes to to computer savviness or mechanical skills or cooking skills or speaking skills, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I mean, I praise the ones that started the Four Dummy series because God bless them. <laughs> they got me through a lot. Well, I, you know, I... As far as technology goes, and of course you know this very well, CJ, um, because you've had, you know, I've had, to, I've asked <laughs> you many questions in terms of technology and things, but uh, seems like two steps forward and then three steps back. Our technology advances three steps forward, and I'm only making two at a time. So, uh, yeah. To yeah. be fair, that is fluid, though. <laughs> the world of computers and technology is continuously flowing. So just when you think you've got it, they go and throw another curveball in it. And, it and that AI is in the mix now. And so, yeah, it's going to, yeah, it's really going to be fun the next few years. That's something I, I, that's like a whole other podcast though, regarding AI and yeah. show don't tell and stuff like that, because that's, that's a whole other podcast. I know oh, that we've done one on AI. Didn't um, even scratch the surface. Exactly. That, that goes so deep even into things like research. Our, our professors have told us they actually have systems now that you run it through and they will, they will tell the teacher how much of it is AI written. I received a, uh, I received a Facebook ad or Facebook, uh, was it Facebook? Yeah, I think it was Facebook. Uh, no, email, Fa Facebook and email ad uh, on AI doing audiobooks for you. And uh, yeah, Ted, you know, it's, it's, uh, you don't like, instead of trying to find a narrator, you let AI do that for you. And that's coming for audiobooks, you know, just like everything else. I don't know. I'm kind of old school. I like the human aspect of it all, but that's me. I digress. Um, so basically description, when it comes to description, they're in everything and everywhere make sure to immerse your reader whatever form of descriptive descriptive writing that you're using make sure to not inundate them with too much detail but to sprinkle it out 
you can hit them. You don't need to hit them over the hammer with the head when it comes to how much detail is around them. Do it in a way that they don't even know that they're reading it as detail and description. The show don't tell. I mean, that I think everybody probably familiar with that using the five senses in your descriptions, uh, not overwhelming the reader by giving away the whole store right from the jump and doing an info dump on them instead of parsing it out uh, through the course of the book or as needed when you get to a crucial point in a story. Um, and, um, and again, if you're not sure on how much description is too much or how little is too little, um, you know, if you belong to a critique group or you have a beta reader or you have someone that you can even bounce ideas off of, just, uh, you know, read the passage, whatever it is that you think maybe your description is off for whatever reason. See what they get some feedback, see what they think. Mm -hmm. uh, but generally, if you, this again, this is my point of view. If you have to choose between too much or too little description, uh, I would say err on the side of too much because you can always go back and you can pare that down. Mm -hmm. Adding description is a whole lot more work after mm -hmm. the fact. I know sometimes I'll be sitting in the chair and I'll be doing something with my hands. My husband's like, what are you doing? I said, I need to figure out how to write what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, how many times have you done that where it's like you're trying to tie a knot or something or how do you describe? Yeah. 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 It's like, okay, you got to do this, but, but not tediously you have to, you know, or like, what does this mean? Oh, that's a furrowed brow. Okay. You know, not just, but scrunch nose and, you know, try to figure out what, what does my face look like right now? And one thing we really didn't talk about when we, when we um, have discussed description is you can take one sentence. Okay. And pack as much description in one sentence as you can in a paragraph filled of extraneous material. I mean, think about uh, don't go too much into that one. We have that one going on at 20th of February. No, just well, no, I'm just saying. Don't go too much into that one. <laughs> you can, you, uh, you can, you can tell a lot in one sentence if you craft that sentence wisely. You know, you can get a lot of description in one sentence, and you can uh, get a lot of you can get, yeah, and you can get a lot into a story. Um, yes. The biggest challenge I did for myself was writing in anthologies. You know, try writing a complete story in 2,500 or 3,500 to 7,000 words. You got to do everything that's in that. People just, we live in a day and time where you have impatient readers. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, it's, it's just a fact, you know. Uh, and so you just have to, I mean, that's the reality of of, of the times in which we live. I mean, would, would war and peace still be a great novel or pride and prejudice It'd be a doorstop yeah i mean <laughs> uh, hey I, I i don't i don't think so but i don't i don't know that for a fact but i don't think it would and uh so you know description is important but description that is not you know too wordy if you for whatever better word kind of kind of think of it as a recipe 
you when you're building a recipe and you go to put your herbs and spices and you're not just going to dump them all in there and pray for the best you know you're going to put a little bit in there stir it up put a little bit more in stir it up taste it say okay did i put too much in because you can always put more in you can't take a yes. whole lot out that's right um, when it comes to spices you can over spice so kind of think of it as as making a spaghetti sauce you know, sprinkle a little at a time, stir it in, taste it. Is it good? Do you need to add a little bit more? You know, do you need a different flavor in it? There's there's a lot of things to consider. And and not to beat a dead dead horse uh, too much, but one of the bullet points that you listed, CJ, just remember the five senses. Again, that's real important. Color, taste, uh, touch, smell, uh, you know, those things are all important. And the more you can include in the description, the more vivid it will be for the reader. Mm -hmm, definitely. All right, y'all. It has been fun. Um, we're heading into, we're done with our writer's purpose series. We're heading into the next few weeks on how to handle and how to give a critique or a review. Uh, that's something that every reader needs to know. And actually, every writer needs to know how to handle that how to give it just as much as a reader does exactly so thank you guys so much we will catch you guys next week same time same sandbox bye bye, -bye.